0: Welcome to the Bearcat Chat, a podcast for everything Scottsbluff Schools. Welcome everyone to the Bearcat Chat. I am Melissa Price and this is the podcast about everything Scottsbluff Schools. And we have a very expansive episode for you today because we are talking about expansion, early childhood expansion to be exact. And I have two guests with me today, Dr. Andrew Dick, our superintendent. Hello.
1: Good morning, Melissa.
0: And Dr. Bree Rock, principal at Bear Cub Preschool. Good morning. Hello, welcome. Apparently, I am the only person in this episode who isn't a doctor today. Okay, well, we have had, before we start, like, let's talk about, we have had so much going on this past month. So much stuff going on throughout the district. And so, in addition to the big thing that we're going to talk about, it's a big thing we have had a lot of other things that have been taking place. So, um, you know, Governor Pillen came and visited us at Roosevelt. State Board of Education visited us throughout the district. You know, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was an exciting nine days um, for Scottsville Public Schools. Um, I've been fortunate to, to serve in this district for a number of years, and, and I don't recall a time uh, that the State Board of Education and the Commissioner of Education visited Scottsville Public Schools and prior to that um, we hosted uh, Governor Pillen and his wife um, First Lady Suzanne at Roosevelt Elementary as they kicked off Ag Literacy and Education Week and signed their proclamation and then the First Lady went on to visit uh, with fourth grade students at Roosevelt and Longfellow and read to them. So we were incredibly honored um, to host um, the Governor and First Lady here at Scottsville Public Schools in uh, partnership with the Nebraska Farm Bureau Foundation. And then the State Board of Education hosted their uh, October regular meeting at the Garing Civic Center and asked to spend a day in discuss Public Schools. And so we put together a jam-packed day um, highlighting uh, programs and things we do across this district, truly from birth to uh, graduation. And I would say that uh, the feedback that we received anecdotally was incredibly positive. It was a... Uh, Big commitment on behalf of the Department of Education to to relocate a meeting to Garing, Nebraska. And so, again, very thankful and honored to host them. Um, They were very, very impressed by what we do um, throughout the district, um, from early childhood to elementary. They had an opportunity to observe a Witten Wisdom and a Bridges Math lesson. Um, They got to learn more about our assessment system, our MTSS, um, our high school peer para program, our wall-to-wall career academies, and visit um, our diesel tech electrical technology program at the OLEC Industries. And so they really got to see how we use our partnerships as well to enrich the learning experience for all of our students.
0: Yeah, and while all those things were going on, we had all these other things going on too. how about our girls sports? Our our golf team, they won our fifth straight district championship. They placed 3rd in the Class B state tournament. We had that going on. Our softball team won their third straight district championship and they made some school history. They won their very first game ever at state, so that was awesome. Um we had our first ever esports tournament. We hosted, I believe it was about 10 schools. I think that we had, and, you know, I wasn't able to go to that, but I heard that it was a fantastic time. Our math club took first place um, in their division at UNO Math Day, and they also set a record with the uh, the most individual top 50 placers that they've ever had, and right now, as we're talking, we are in the middle of another homecoming week. So that's a lot.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and all that happened too. That's right, Melissa, so no, hats <laughs> off to those... Um, girls sports programs. That was a, a very impressive week. Um, I think, uh, you may, you may have mentioned this, but if not Western, uh, volleyball team won Western conference, um, which was the first time in 16 years, and they will host uh sub district volleyball, um, on Tuesday. And so, yeah, very, very impressive run, um, by our students in a number of different activities and, uh, very impressive accomplished accomplishments. And, and we wouldn't be able to, um, have those successes if it wasn't for our very dedicated uh, coaches and sponsors um, that are working alongside those students.
0: Yeah, and amidst all this good news, we also had something else going on. We also made a a big, bold step towards expanding our early childhood offerings with um, the Board of Education entering into a purchase agreement to acquire the SWBC building. And this is really um, an exciting time for the families of young children in our community. Um, when, when I say it's a big step, um, I think it's really just one of many steps that we need to take to be able to meet the early childhood needs of our community. Can the two of you kind of talk to me about how we as a district identified early childhood education as a need for our community?
1: One of our core values at Scottsville Public Schools is a bright start and a promising future for every child. And, uh, over the course of the last few years, um, we've seen tremendous growth in our early childhood program and the number of students that we serve through that program. In 2010, Bearcat Preschool served 52 students. Today, Scottsville Public Schools serves over 200 students through our early childhood programs, Bearcat Preschool and our Pence program. Um, in addition, we have a, a wait list um, of families wanting to get into our preschool. Early childhood um, education is an area of education that we've learned a lot more about in the last uh, 10 to 15 years. Um, The research that uh, is out there, um, knowing how the childhood brain develops, is showing us that high quality early childhood education can reduce the percentage of children having to repeat a grade, um, reduces the number of children placed in special education, and can increase the the rates of a student um, graduating from high school um, that attend a quality early childhood education. Um, not to mention that early childhood education can also have a significant impact on economic development. Um, investments in high quality early, ch- early childhood education can generate up to $7.30 per dollar invested. And uh, as uh, businesses and others look to locate to um, particular communities, I know one of the areas that they always look at is early childhood education. So. Um, Discussed with public schools, want want to continue to stay out in front as a leader in education, and uh, we feel this is the, the next area in which we need to grow and expand is our early childhood education.
0: Right now, it, it seems like early childhood education isn't just a priority for us in our district. <coughs> it's something you see at the state level, and it's something that you see in other communities throughout Nebraska. Dr. Brock, can you tell us a little bit about um, how providing a high quality early education program is um, it, how it helps students be able to prepare themselves for kindergarten?
2: Sure. From a child development standpoint, uh, the science shows that quality and consistent early childhood experiences actually build brain pathways. Um, and from a school based level, you know, it gets our kids ready for the 13 years that they're going to spend with us, uh, having those quality experiences both with the students and their families introduces us to them into the district and gives them that first nurtured step.
0: I'm not sure that everyone who uh, everyone who might be listening out there or everyone in our community is aware. Um, Dr. Rock, can you t- give us just a little bit of a rundown of the different programs that we have and kind of who they
2: serve, how they work. Sure. So we have our Sixpence program, which is a home visiting program uh, for birth to three. Uh, We have about 30 families that are connected through Sixpence, and they are helping parents and learning alongside them through child development, milestones, getting them connected with services, getting them connected with others in the community. We do family engagements, um, really getting them uh, walking alongside them to be better parents and make connections with their kids in those vital years. Uh, we also have our Bear Cub Preschool Program. We have 174 students right now across two sites, eight classrooms, servicing three-year-olds and four-year-olds. Uh, we have a waiting list that just continues to grow, so we definitely need those extra classrooms. Uh, we also have early interventionists that work with um, students birth to five, uh, so we offer special education services throughout the community in daycares, in homes, um, and also in our preschool.
0: Okay, so when we talk about when we talk about expanding our offerings um, in terms of everything that you just laid out there, um, what kind of needs when we look at purchasing this facility, what kind of needs are we going to be able to fulfill for these early childhood
2: programs? How you know how will things look different? I think just on the numbers side of it, I think that we would have the goal of being able to have all of the students that are going to enter kindergarten be in our preschool program. Um, So the numbers, expanded numbers. Uh, I also think about before and after school care. I think that that is something that our community needs and will enrich multiple parts of our community, being able to keep parents at work, giving them a safe... Um, quality place for their students to be before and after school uh, and being able to offer a place for all of our interventionists to be together and to be able to collaborate.
1: Yeah, I would add to that, um, Melissa, that, you know, it, we know that access to, to stable, high-quality child care um, helps parents improve their labor productivity um, by increasing work hours. And uh, right now, um, because of the, the limitations on space, um, our own teachers cannot access our preschool, and uh, in a larger space, we'll be able to extend the day of our preschool, which will um, create greater access- accessibility for the staff in our district, as I'm sure many others um, across our community. So we see a very um, promising future within our preschool in terms of accessibility for the families in our community.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, my own son, way back when he's in college now, he attended Bear Cub Pre-School. And, you know, it was difficult for me, even, you know, not working at the district, working in a different job, to, it's that, how do you get them there? And how do you, with that shortened day? And I was really fortunate. I had a family member that was able to help me out. But I, I agree, I think the more that we increase access and make it available to every family in Scotts Bluff that wants to be able to take advantage of. And I think um, that's really important and we're all going to be better for that. So I think um, a lot of people are probably out there thinking right now, like, wow, this is a really big building, right? Um, It is. It's a big building. I I remember feeling that way myself. You know, when we looked at the facility, you kind of don't realize it until you get inside and then you're like, whoa, that's a lot of space. So, Dr. D, talk to me about how, how we intend to occupy the space.
1: Yeah. So, the acquisition of the SWBC building um, not only allows us to, to meet the needs of our early childhood program and expand into the future, but it also benefits the district in a number of other ways. Um, right now, um, we have critical district operations in what I would call inadequate space, um, the New building will allow us to relocate our information technology department, um, our safety and security department. Um, It'll provide us much needed space for our warehouse, um, for storage. And in doing that, it'll almost create a little bit of a domino effect that it'll free up space in the district um, for us to use vacated space to expand our alternative programming at the secondary level, to allow us to better meet the needs of students in grades seven through 10. Um, We'll be able to relocate some programs that are currently occupying two rented office spaces and one rented storage space and save a little bit of money um, there. And then we know that we have much needed uh, updates that need to happen to locker room facilities at Bearcat Stadium. Um, ever since the space below the West Stadium um, was condemned and is no longer safe to occupy, um, our, our football team has been using a locker room that is um, inadequate there. So. Um, Those are some of the other ways that um, we'll be able to benefit immediately. Um, In addition, um, we we believe that there's ways that the space um, on the second floor could help us um, in position as well for future growth. And we'd like to have a conversation um, with those that we serve about future opportunities for this space.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you say domino effects because it's like it really is kind of it's like a positive domino effect where. this one thing is not only going to benefit our early childhood programming, but it's really going to benefit our entire district. Um, I think it's really um, something we don't talk about much is um, over the past 10 to 15 years, some of those departments of ours, like IT and safety and security, have really grown. They have really had to. They, um, schools have changed. They've grown to adapt to the needs of our schools, but we may have given them more infrastructure or maybe we've given them more staff But we really haven't kept up in terms of the growth um, in space, and we've had to try to kind of backfill into our existing footprint with our existing facilities. And, you know, we've done a great job of modernizing and renovating um, a lot of our schools, but we allocated that space, as we should, you know, to students in the instructional process. And so I think this is a really good opportunity for us to play a little bit of catch up and really be able to support some of the operational growth that we've had take place in our district over the last maybe 10 to 15 years and give our departments some of the space and the and the tools that they need so that they can keep serving our students and our teachers and you know I think it was that's a different way to think about adding value but it really is a way that we I think are able to add value as we we look at this purchase um you know, with any decision that you make with this kind of caliber, like our, our board of education did, I think um, you really have to take um, a good look at what what the costs and what the numbers are involved with the purchase. Do you, Doctor D? Do you want to talk a little bit, you know, about some of those numbers?
1: Yeah. So the, uh, the purchase agreement that the board of education um, entered into um, had a purchase price of the building for one point five million dollars. Um, the estimates to, to renovate the building um, for our early childhood, as well as those other district departments that I mentioned previously, um, has been identified at $2.8 million. So a total of $4.3 million for us to purchase the building and um, renovate it for the immediate services and programs we look um, for it to um, provide space for. Um, we looked at a number of different um, Options as we look to address this need across our district. Um, this is a project we've been working on for about two years. Um, we visited other facilities, um, other empty buildings in the community. Um, we explored the costs of constructing new. Um, we knew that if we were going to construct new, that we would need a space of approximately twenty-five thousand square feet. Um, estimates to build new were approximately three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars square feet. So at 25,000 square feet, that would cost about $8.75 to $10 million, and that doesn't include any costs that might be associated with lot acquisition. So um, as we looked at that, we saw that we could get into a space um, for about half the cost um, and with renovation and purchase price and also position us very well um, for the future. Um, I know that there is um, some questions about uh, does the district have to um, utilize any bonds for this no um, we are not um, doing any kind of bond referendum for this project Um, we are using funds that are levied into our building fund and we will not be seeking bonds to purchase or renovate the building Um, i I think i would be remiss not to mention you know at the august um, board of education meeting the board reduced the general fund building fund levy uh, by 12 cents uh, per hundred dollars evaluation which was really truly a historic move and so Consider that we were able to reduce the levy by 12 cents um, in August, September, and then um, be able to to make this purchase in October um, really speaks to the sound um, fiscal management uh, of the Board of Education um, in collaboration and partnership with district leadership.
0: Yeah, I think it's important that people know and understand. You know, not only are we not going to be seeking a bond election, we're not borrowing in any way to purchase this property, and we're getting it at a cost that's much less than we can construct new. And another um, community benefit is that um, the building is going to be occupied. The building's been sitting vacant for a number of years. So you know, it is going to be, I think, nice for our community. I think some people are really excited to see something, you know, go into that space. It's a very nice building. We're very fortunate that we're going to have the opportunity to be able to utilize it in the way that we can. Um, I know there are also some questions in regards to um, maintaining a building of this size. So, um You know, I I think there is some questions in terms of can the district afford, you know, the maintenance and the the operational expenses of a building to this size? Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, we we estimate that the operation and maintenance costs for the building um, will be about $450,000, which includes transportation of preschool students from Roosevelt. To kind of put that into perspective, um, that amount is less than 1%. Of the district's general fund budget to be exact uh, 0.73 percent and so um, it it is a small amount um, and we we believe that we have a plan to be able to absorb those operation and maintenance costs Uh, you know and the other part about those estimates is those were the utility costs provided by the current owner Um, the way that swbc used that building um, will be significantly different than how we will Um, they had a lot more Um, devices in terms of computers and systems running, um, given that they were a financial institution. Uh, So that is something to keep in mind there as well. We have a number of viable options for funding those added expenses. Um, We've been very fortunate to make um, sizable transfers from our general fund to our depreciation fund the last few years, which has allowed us to do the elementary modernization um, projects. Now that we're nearing the end of that project, we can scale back those transfers if needed. Um, We can reduce the allocation to the building fund. Um, This year um, alone, we put 10 cents towards the building fund, so we can scale that back a little bit if we need to. And then we'll also have the savings due to the elimination of rent um, and utilities and storage fees from those vacated spaces.
0: Well, I'm sure um, there's some people that would like to be able to enroll their preschooler right away. So question, When? what's the timeline that we will be able to get our new early childhood facility kind of up and running?
1: We we hope to have the um, renovations complete so students are occupying that by August of 2025.
0: Of 2025. That is so exciting. So, Dr. Rock, I, I have a question for you. Um, I'm sure that you have had lots of conversations with your staff. I'm sure you guys have been talking. There's been a lot of buzz about this. What do you think our staff are looking forward to the most? I think the top
2: thing they're excited about is being together. I think it's really hard to have a staff that's separated between three buildings. Um, I know that when they heard there were cheers, there were some tears. Um, people were really, really excited to be in a space that's built for early childhood education and is not repurposed. Um, they're looking forward to having um, some indoor play space for when it's cold and too hot. Uh, having the space to offer the services that our students need and deserve. Um, And being able to collaborate. Um, Some other things that staff love are having a place to eat lunch, having staff bathrooms, um, things that they right now don't have.
0: Yeah. And I think those are the things that when we think about a school that we just kind of take for granted and we don't even consider the fact that we, you know, we have grown and we have been you know, like we said, we've grown um, early childhood, but also at the same time, we've grown our enrollment in general. And that creates growth all over the place, yet we have stayed within our same footprint of facilities so we really have kind of sacrificed some of those adult needs in terms of having a place to eat your lunch you know having having adequate restroom facilities and those type of things so I, I think that's something that I definitely our staff deserve and i I'm, I'm gonna be glad that they're gonna get to take advantage of a new facility as well I, I know for me I'm certainly excited about what the future holds I I remember my early years with the district and the preschool only had two classrooms at that time. So it's it's amazing to see how far it's come since then. I think the thing that I'm gonna be the most excited about is seeing the faces of those three and four-year-olds and those families come fall of 2025 when they get to see that renovated facility that very first time. So is there anything else about the project that either of you guys want our listeners to know about that we haven't talked about? <laughs> Anything, you know, anything you're particularly looking forward
2: to? I think we talked about it a little bit, but I'm really excited on the recruitment and retention part of this for our staff, for our teachers. You alluded to it with your son. I was not able to take advantage of preschool with my own children, and I was a teacher in the district. I just couldn't make the times work. I think that this is going to be a huge opportunity for our staff and for community members to be able to take advantage of something that just was not available because of time constraints i know i wanted my kids to come to bear cub because it's the best preschool and i just couldn't make it work so i'm really excited about what that that's going to offer our staff
1: i i would echo dr rock's comments there and uh, as a as a parent of a six year old now um again i wanted my son to be able to attend bear cub um, i know i'm biased but I, I i do know and believe that it is the best preschool available to our families and unfortunately Um, We could not access it either. Um, I would just like to extend my my thanks and appreciation to the Board of Education for supporting um, the district's uh, plan to um, acquire this building. I think it demonstrates tremendous um, commitment to not only early childhood education and our core value of a bright start and a promising future for every child, but also tremendous foresight on their part um, to see the vision of how this building can impact education not only in the short term, but in the long term, and really position the district very well for many years to come.
2: I would also like to give a shout out to Jody Benson and all that came before me. I get to come in at the finish line, which is really exciting, but I know that this has been an ongoing process for multiple years and lots of work has gone in here. Um, Previous teachers and administrators and Dr. D and definitely the Board of Education. Uh, I wanna thank them and everyone who came before. Yeah,
0: it was really interesting. Last night, I got um an email from Karen Johnson, and she was the first preschool principal, like the very first year that I worked at the district. And, you know, she's been retired for a number of years, but just very encouraging. And I think there's a lot of people um, in our community that are really watching this with a whole lot of excitement. So I'd like to thank both of you for your time to come on the show and share information about the project. I I don't know about you guys. I am really excited to be able to share more with our community kind of as we as we have more information and we continue to work on this expansion. So thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for having us, Melissa.